So hey friends, welcome to the Wedding Pros Podcast. Uh, today we have a really special episode, something I'm really excited about. And you know, if you are in the wedding industry, obviously you already know, uh, this has been a really tough year, right Jay? I would say uh, it's been one of those things where every year is tough. Yeah. But this year is unprecedented, at least in our industry, um, especially with the trajectory we were on. I think that's probably the biggest thing. It's like a lot of people felt like, we're going this way. Yep. And to feel like you have to like go back, it's probably pretty discouraging for a lot of people. And in a lot of cases, it's almost like you're starting over, right? Yeah. Um, I've definitely seen in our business, this kind of be a reset for us, uh, a reset of like, well, are, are we really doing the things that we want to do? Are there other things that we can be doing? Um, just kind of like a refiner's fire of like what process is and, and what are we doing that's maybe repetitive? Uh, but then also just in general, what do we actually want to be doing? Um, so today's episode, um, we're going to be talking about diversifying your business. Yep. We were actually pretty um, lucky because our business uh, from the get-go since 2012 has been pretty diverse. Uh, yeah. You know, one foot in the commercial somewhat world. on purpose, somewhat totally just by accident. I mean, Jason and I are just serial. Just hey, I want to do this. I'm going to try to do this, and so we kind of have our feet in a lot of different things to to start with. Um, but this has really been an opportunity to be like, okay, what else? Maybe we pull some things back that maybe aren't making us super diverse. Um, but anyways, we, we have a, a good episode today that I think will help a lot of people, especially people that are starting their business. Maybe you have a successful, you know, wedding film or photography business and you're like, Hey, uh, 80% of my work is gone for the year. Um, and so that's 80% of my income. What can you be doing now to diversify so that if coronavirus hits in 2021, um, you might be a little bit more saved by the fact that you're more diverse. Yeah, we're gonna help. We're gonna bring up three questions you have to ask yourself about um, your market, about your skills, and about um, your relationships that will really help you decide where to diversify and how to diversify. But before we do that, um, subscribe, guys. Definitely hit the bell. Um, if you are listening and you're a listener, let us know by giving us those five star reviews that really helps us out a lot and um tell your friends so that's what i keep telling people when people message me and say oh i love your podcast it's going really good I've, we've enjoyed it um i just the best thing you can do for us is just let your friends know because um our goal is to give out content that helps people mm-hmm. and we want to help as many people as we possibly can um we're not being enriched by this by any stretch of the imagination <laughs> And so for us, this is a labor of love. So let people know because we want the industry to do better. We actually think it's, it's it's crazy, but like I think podcasts like this are more important now than ever because A, people need new ideas. They need to be inspired. They need to be encouraged. But also um, for a lot of people that have been doing businesses for five, six years, you get an opportunity to like restart your business now, mm-hmm. which is kind of what we're talking about today. Um you know, you get the chance to diversify your business because you have time. You, you say, oh, I have 80% less revenue or 80% less weddings. Well, that's 80% more time. Yep. And what would you do if you had 80% more time to diversify your business if you were starting from scratch? You get that opportunity now. So let's talk about that now. So our own business, let's just start close to home, right? When this happened, um, like the first month, the first thing that we did is try to shore up our contracts, which is hopefully what a lot of you guys did. You tried to make sure like 
first thing I wanted to do was make sure we were going to retain at least some of our revenue for the year. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, got people to pay up front, did a range of things with our contracts, got our lawyer to fix some things. It's kind of like a, oh shit moment. Like, oh, are we covered? <laughs> like, I think everyone was kind of in that like panic of just like, okay, is my butt covered? In Probably all like cases? many of you guys. Yep. We, we did it to another level. We had, um, did we have about 70 weddings booked already? 80 weddings? We had 90 weddings booked uh, by the time coronavirus hit. For this year? For this year. Yep. So, and we rescheduled 70? Yeah, we're almost up to 70 reschedules for this year. Yeah, and so that for us equals uh, about 240 grand of revenue. <laughs> yeah. Um, that we either we're going to get next year or we're just um we got this year Mm -hmm. so figuring out how that math worked and that's the first thing we did the next thing that ended up happening to us after we kind of got through that initial storm so some of you guys are still in that storm whatever but we we kind of wanted to get that out of the way as soon as possible was we had to live with the reality of um having all this extra time what are we gonna do with this time because for our business um, we get Roughly, Jared, would you say 25 weddings booked after the season starts a year, 20 to 25 weddings? Yeah, usually from May, after May, maybe we book another 20 weddings. Yeah, we would say in-season booking. So we're we're counting on like 80, 90 grand to come in, maybe a little more. Yep. But, you know, 80 to 100 grand to come in after the season starts. And so the next thing I looked at was, oh, crap, that money's gone. Mm-hmm. Like... Like the money for next, or at least severely diminished. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. well, I was thinking gone because yeah. I was like, what if we have no weddings? Mm-hmm. It's just totally gone. I went worst case scenario, and I'm like, that money's gone. So we started looking at everything, right? And I want to give you guys just this picture. This is not a brag. I just think people should give you their numbers when they tell you what to do. And so we're going to give you our numbers to the best of our ability, so that you understand like what we've had to go through and so that there's a little more credibility in terms of we're not just saying to do stuff like this is stuff that we've experienced and went through and we paid a really heavy price we um (laughs) this is a crazy number so year to date um we have lost over last year we have year to date oh that's our expenses i don't want to do that one yet so year to date from January 1 to August 6th, it's August 6th right now when we're recording this podcast. Last year, we made $169,000 more than year to date now. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah. Like $170,000 that we've lost since the beginning of coronavirus in income. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a number, obviously, if you're running your own business, you're self-operating. It's just like, it seems like a lot of money. And it's like, well, how can business ever survive that? For us, we're kind of in a position where we're like, well, we have made adjustments to make it so that. Well, yeah. And I want to be clear. We never once really panicked. We just started immediately doing math and moving nope. money around and figuring this stuff out. So why are we able to absorb $170,000 of loss? That's why I want to, where I'm getting at with this. We lost $170,000 because of coronavirus year to date. Maybe some of that will be recouped. That was the first thing I tried to figure out. How much of this am I going to recoup at a later date through bookings that are just moving into next year? All that junk. But the other thing is we have spent year to date and our expenses 
our total expenses, we are down 98 grand. Yep. So the first thing that we did is we pivoted and we spent a lot less money. Now, some of that is going to be moved into next year because of contractors and people that help us out doing the weddings. And we didn't pay them this year, but we're going to pay them next year. And then the other thing that we did was we got PPP money, right? So that recouped it. And when you actually do the math between our savings and our PPP money, we are up probably, we're actually up 20 grand over last year. Yep. Which is kind of nuts when you look at that. Well, when the government gives you free money, I mean, it's nice. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> not just the free money though. So, cause everybody could have got free money. Sure. Well, not, probably many people listening got the free money and they're not up. Why are we up? This is why we're up. Not only did we look at the whole picture, not only did we go for the PPP money and help ourselves in that way, not only did we spend less money, some of it by unfortunately having to let some non-essential people go, um, but also just we're not buying some of the gear we're normally buying. We're not doing some of the things that we normally do. This is where diversity comes in. So our income on a monthly basis or annual basis, what would you say the breakdown is between our commercial side, Pixel Press Media, which is a web design marketing firm. We also, of course, do photo video for that side of the business, mm -hmm. but it's mainly not have other things. Like yep. two of our employees that's in our office know nothing about photo and video. What would be that breakdown our total income? Yeah, so it, of course it changes every year, but generally year over year, it's probably, you know, two thirds is stop, go love our wedding side. And then one third is our commercial side. Yep. So the commercial side obviously took a hit. Like the day it happened, I lost 24 grand annual contract right yep. off the bat. So it's not like we lost, it's not like nothing was affected on the pixel press side, but the other side is some of our clients were retail clients, right? And they really needed a lot of web help and development help during coronavirus to set up their e-com and things like that. So we actually were very secure on that. So every single month we've set it up in such a way that probably about it are we're getting annually about one third of our income is, is on retainer. And so that wasn't that affected. And because we had- You're a talking about just the commercial side? Just, yeah, and our total income. Our total monthly, like in some months, it's way more. It's like 70% of our income is retainer income if we don't book a ton You're of You're not weddings. talking about wedding related though. No, I'm talking okay. about we're a diverse company and this is what it allows us to do. Yep. Because we're diverse, we're doing about one third of our annual income on retainer, which means every month we're making the same amount of money no matter what happens. Yep, and that's it's, mostly through web design and, mm -hmm. and not even design, but just, hey, if someone needs updates, we give them a certain amount of hours. And then hosting. if they don't use those hours, hosting, which we don't do any work on, it's just we set them up Some years ago. Some of it's basically passive. Yep. But yep. we're, so this is coming in, and, it, and this is what I'm telling you about is not you need to set your business up this way. I'm saying because our business was diverse, it allowed us to absorb $170,000 of loss and be much slower in our reactions because mm -hmm. we could really think and be like, okay, I'm not gonna, like, we haven't lost a dime in our salary, me and you. Yep. The employees that we didn't have to let go haven't lost a dime in their salary. We didn't get the bonuses that we normally would do, of course. Yep, but our profit, we're not gonna make probably any profit this year. Um, no. Maybe we, maybe we do take, you know, Mike's advice and, and do put a little bit of profit, even though it's a crummy year. We're certainly uh, not gonna be, this amazingly profitable company this year, yep. but we're not going to go out of business. 
all the, we're going to pay, we're paying all our bills, everything set, the essential things about who we are, are totally set. And that's because we're diverse. This is not me telling you that you should do this because you have to figure out what you can do. And that's what we're going to talk about later. Right? So, yep. I mean, can you imagine if we didn't have the, it, we didn't plan on coronavirus, but if we weren't set up the way that we are and then this happened. Yeah. You know, I, I feel bad for a lot of people, especially if you've just started your business, maybe in the last like three, four years, and you, you're probably getting to that prime of like, I feel good about my product. feel good about my business. My I'm relationships are good. My relationships are good. 2020 is going to be the biggest year and you are all in on wedding films. Maybe you even just started as like a full-time wedding filmmaker. Yeah, and you right? can only do so many things. You can only do so many things. You're editing, you're shooting. Maybe you brought on an associate this last year. You're like, hey, I'm gonna build this thing up. And now it's like, if 80% of your business is pushed to next year, yeah, I mean, that's gonna affect you this year and it's gonna be affecting you next year. Yeah, and you're not a bad business person if you, if no. you are not well, in the position we're in and and you know we you know not to beat a dead horse but it's just if you are struggling this year i mean this year it, it, it's not your fault that you're struggling this no. year this is complete when the government says you can't work this is not your fault and and a lot of times you know um i, I think people might make you feel like it's your fault if you set up a bad business or if you're not diverse diversity is hard i, I think we just happened upon it early in the business where we were just like two ADD to just do one thing to do just weddings. We were like, Oh, we want to do commercial work cause we can do it. And so I think we got pretty lucky. Now we looking in hindsight, we see the value in it and we're like, Oh my gosh, yeah, if we didn't have this, we would be screwed. Yeah, this is not us saying like, we're so much better than anybody yep. else. We're just saying, trust us. Well, like you want to try to build towards this because it'll build peace of mind. And I, it's might not be your fault. It's it it is not your fault if you're struggling this year, but if this happens again and you have an opportunity to get your business stood up again, yep. and you haven't learned that this could happen at any time, and I and I will say like, this could happen at any time, and it always could have happened at any time, and we're naive to have not th thought through that. Yeah, I, I've always seen. We have one client. Um, they're a hardware and lumber store. Um, they, we do a lot of our commercial work with them. Um, and they are, you know, again, hardware and lumber. And so right now they're big on hardware. So it's all essential needs. It's all cleaning supplies. It's all mulch. It's all, Insane you know, building amounts supply. Of lawn care. So, so when the coronavirus hit all their commercial lumber went away because yep. they were like, no contractor can actually Boston do shut work. down. Yeah. Boston completely shut down all construction. So that side is gone. But at the same time, I've always seen them as diverse and like they were able to crush it and, and kill all their sales. And three of their big, they had their three biggest retail days ever. Yep. This spring, they yep. set up a, we set up an e-com store for them that did like 200 grand in revenue. Yep. And just and, in four months. And, and we've, I've been a part of this company for, you know, 12, 15, 20 years at this point. Um, and through the financial crash of 2008, I really saw that come into play and that's what kept them alive. So I was retail like, oh. kept them alive when their commercial building went yep. down. Yep. And I think it's the same for your own business. And so that's what we're going to talk about today is 
how can we build diverse businesses? Maybe most of it will always be weddings and that's awesome. You're a wedding professional. Keep being a wedding professional. We would never, that's what this is all about. But I also believe wedding professionals have skills that can be used in multitude of ways and you can build a diverse business that is much more stable and can weather the storms of a very volatile market and really determining how how vulnerable am I am to vulnerability. And I can tell you if you have more than like 60% of your business in one part of a market, your business is vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's so funny. Jonathan Snyder, a friend of ours, was like, you know, the wedding industry, I remember him saying it in, in September of last year. You know, it's bulletproof, right? And and I thought the same exact thing. I was like, the wedding industry is bulletproof. When is recession proof? Is what everyone says. Yeah. When when are people not going to get married? And people will always get married from here until forever, whether they have money or not. In photo video, unless the government tells you you cannot uh, get married at all. Exactly. So just anyone who says that, tell them you know, shut up and knock on wood (laughs) from here on out. But uh, it's your fault, Jonathan. But it's just no. You did this. You started coronavirus. Spread the word, Jonathan Snyder. Uh, no, I, I. So you know, no matter what, no matter how you feel, like that's something I've been learning in the last few months. Is just like, okay, even the wedding industry. What are some other areas? Even even videography, even creative arts. I diversifying myself away from that to something that's more of an investment side of things, and and you know just so that you are preventing yourself from losing everything in yep. one year um, so, is, is a good thing. So a good friend of ours is going to come on a little bit, and his name is Jordan Bunch. He's been on a couple times. He's a good friend of the podcast, personal friend of ours. And he we're kind of cut from the same cloth in a couple of ways. And the biggest thing that he does is he's always trying to diversify his business. He's trying to get commercial work, various markets within the wedding industry, not just the high end or low end or mid end, but like he's always looking for ways to turn lemon into lemonade, to take the skills he has, the skills his team has, and generate more income from them. And I think hopefully some of you guys, like if you're the type of person who wants to shoot 10 weddings a year and go vacation, this is not the podcast for you. This is for the podcast of people who want to have unsinkable businesses that can weather the storm. And I'm telling you, that dude who shoots 10 weddings a year is screwed with coronavirus. Um, that guy is much more vulnerable than we are. And so in a little bit, we're going to have Jordan on. Jordan is actually on a tour bus right now uh, with the Libertarian presidential um, nominee, Joe Jorgensen. I think I said the name right, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And we're going to hear because he's got this crazy story about um, one of the ways he diversified his business. So we're going to have him on right now. What's up, guys? So, hey, we're we're bringing on Jordan Bunch, friend of the podcast, friend of Jared and I. Um, He is an incredibly awesome business guy. He's a great filmmaker. He's a great dad, great husband. And um, so Jordan and I were talking at the beginning of – in the middle, throughout, we talk often about as this thing was launching, right? This terrible, terrible, terrible crisis. And I, Jordan started, I could see the wheels turning really early on. So Jordan, you're doing something currently right now that is pretty crazy, right? So tell everybody where you are. (laughs) Uh, Right now I'm on a tour bus that has uh, Joe Jorgensen's face on it. Joe Jorgensen, if you uh, haven't heard, is the Libertarian presidential candidate. He's running for president of the United States. That's awesome. Um, and uh, I am riding around on this bus with her, and we're going to, I don't know how many stops. We're, I think we're doing like 25 stops over the course of 16 days, something like that. 
So you um, are you her campaign manager? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm working closely with her campaign manager. No, I'm uh, I am making videos. I mean, uh, two videos a day. I was going to attempt three, but that was stupid. <laughs> so, your eyes so are bigger than your stomach yeah exactly um, so yeah I'm making two videos a day I'm making one that's like a like a highlight of all of her speeches from the day um, and then another one that is like a vlog like sort of like behind the scenes what bus life is like um, so like it's interesting because sometimes Joe is in the vlog and sometimes she's not um but like we just, I think we just released it. At least I, I sent it off to the head to the headquarters. Anyway, where can everybody watch this stuff? Out. Yeah, so you go to Joe Jorgensen on Facebook. You got a Facebook page, and all of the videos are up there. Very cool. Um, but like we just put out a video. Uh, like whenever uh, she was first leaving the trail, um, like she was still at her house and she was about to go to the airport. She like went outside to say bye to her cat. And then a bat flew by and scratched her. And so she's been having to, like, go get rabies shots all on the red. Because, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, the craziest thing. Uh, so I think that, uh, I think uh, I heard that either Joe Biden or Trump actually sent the bat over yeah, to her. Yeah, so. that's what I was going to suggest. Maybe Russia even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be. <laughs> so that's, that's awesome. Um, so we've been talking on this episode about diversifying – your business. This is something you've kind of always done though, right? Yeah. Um, and we were kind of, I don't know, Jared kind of brought it up as like, uh, he talks about it a lot just with our own business before even coronavirus, but it's something that we've been talking about even more. Um, so how did you land this very diverse kind of like seemingly out of nowhere gig I, I know you have personal like affiliation with um with that um the libertarian kind of movement but also it's a little more than that how did you land this gig well uh so you know i have only an affiliation for this like to the point that like i i believe in the values and philosophy of libertarianism you know yep um but i've never been like uh you know i did i did join the party so I have like a car you know but but I've never been I've never like done anything for the campaign outside of you know talking to people about the values and principles of uh, you know this way of, of political thought so um, but you know like a lot of other people I saw two options that I deemed horrible for president and was uh, you know really wanting to do something for uh, for Joe Jorgensen. And I didn't actually even know a whole lot about her, except for that she really is, like, kind of lockstep with um, with libertarian principles and stuff. But anyways, I was, like, seeing the content that the campaign was putting out, and it was really horrible content. And so over the course of, like, three or four months, I messaged the campaign through, like, five, six different uh, mediums trying to say, hey, please, please, please let me help you. Um, I really, really want to help you. And I, I actually, so one of the things I did was I offered to shoot something for free. Like, you know, if they're coming to Austin, like I would come and, you know, they could come to my studio and I would film something for them 
as a donation to the campaign, you know. Um, but what I'm doing now is definitely not a donation to the campaign uh, because I would not donate uh, you know, two and a half weeks of road life to them. Um, but anyway, that's what it turned into. So, like, I got a call um, on Thursday, you know, asking me if I was interested. I sent a proposal in that same day. And then uh, on Monday, they hired me to leave uh, four days later. <laughs> so, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Uh. I love that. I think that's uh, that's great. And I think Jay and I were talking about it yesterday when we were kind of putting the podcast together is like we have this work that just kind of like finds us, especially when times are like harder. Like right now, we, we, we've just been like, how have we found all this like random work that is just kind of like popped up, you know? And I think a lot of it, we, we probably have a similar philosophy in that we're like, yo, what can we do for free uh, for something that we're really passionate about? And then it's like, then the work just kind of like comes, you know? So like, I, well, I, 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 I find would that say this is more like, uh, I think it's more like hunting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, cause I actually didn't do the free thing for them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, like I just put it out there that I would do that if yeah. they came to Austin, um, that I would be willing to do that. I, I was not, it was not in, uh, like I didn't expect to get hired for something like this. Mm. Um, but I was like, you know, out hunting for things to do. And uh, this sounded like, you know, an awesome thing to do, something to help the, the campaign that I believe in. So, yep. And it happens so to get I, you I paid think as well. I hunting is so important. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, more of the story is like, you know, I think a lot of people think like you got to like wait for stuff. Um, like stuff will happen, you know, put stuff out there, it'll happen. Like I think you got to go hunting for stuff. We, I always, now. I always call it, uh, you got to do a rain dance, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's all about like, you got to, you have to like make it rain. You can't wait for yeah. the rain. You have to go out there, do your dance, attract the, it's funny in weddings, we talk about attracting your ideal client, right? But when you look at it, yeah. it's like, well, no, actually you have like a wedding filmmaker has these, all the skills needed to do exactly what you're doing. You have more of the skills probably than a lot of people who've never done weddings because you're used yeah, to sure. multicam. You're used to like editing on a laptop. You're used to like doing a lot of things in a very non-ideal conditions than other yeah. people probably like in production companies would be like, Oh, I got to bring eight guys. Well, that's and, the other thing is like, uh, you know, because of the coronavirus, like my initial request to them uh, was to at least bring two people, uh, but that got turned down because they're trying to keep like the number of people down on the bus. Mm. Um, so I was, I'm doing this solo, uh, which is complete madness for me. Like I'm normally not doing things solo. I know a lot of wedding filmmakers are doing a lot of things solo, and I used to um, early in my career. But actually, it's funny because. Uh, you know, up until uh, March, you know, when coronavirus kind of hit, I wasn't even doing any editing. I had stopped editing for like two years. Yeah. Uh, so this is like a trial by fire again. But in March, when things hit and I had to do some furloughs and stuff, uh, you know, I had to take on some editing again. So thankfully, I'd gotten back into it before this. Otherwise, I'd be in real trouble. Yeah. <laughs> so is it probably pretty safe to say that if the coronavirus didn't happen that you probably wouldn't be on the road with joe right now is that uh kind of the the case 
I don't know because I, I think I would have like been reaching out to the campaign either way because it's like sure. a personal thing to me. Yeah. Um, but you know, one thing I wouldn't be on the road for is like if I didn't have a team, you know, mm. like, uh, like there's no way that I could take off two and a half weeks. Like my businesses would be dead when I came back <laughs> uh, if I didn't have a team. Uh, so yeah. I think it's really interesting because through this whole thing, I think there's really two ways you can look at it. Like weddings, for me, like I've gone through a lot of times recently being like so uninspired by weddings because it's like you do everything you can for people and then they still are like, you know, hey, we're going to cancel our wedding. We want our money back. And it's like, oh, man, I had great interactions with you until right now. Like it's so hard yeah. to deal with this whole situation. You know, so that's one way you can look at it and just be like, you know, this sucks. This really sucks. Everything sucks. It's terrible. You know, and then there's another way that you can be like, well, what I have this amount of time right now. Um, what can I do with it in a way that is inspiring? That's like donating my time to the Libertarian Party. And now I have this opportunity to do something that I really feel passionate about that maybe I wouldn't be doing if it was full on wedding season right now. Like right now, I probably wouldn't be able to do nearly the things that we've kind of pursued if it wasn't for the coronavirus hitting. So. Um, I think it's interesting. It's it's definitely uh, interesting times. Yeah, <laughs> but so, maybe an interesting time where you can pursue something you love. So, so Jordan, before yeah. we let you go, um, what would you say to people about just how to hunt, how to like do that rain dance yeah. when it looks like there's nothing coming your way? How do you find that work and that? How do you make your own luck? Yeah. Uh, well, we have been super aggressive. So, you know, your podcast is mostly wedding people, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so we've been super aggressive in the wedding space right now as well. Um, and that has paid off tremendously. I mean, like, you know, people are talking, I'm hearing so many people talk about, I haven't done a wedding all year and stuff like that. I'm like, well, we've done 14 weddings since uh, since we opened back up in mid-May. Like, Texas opened, reopened in mid-May. And we've done 14 weddings since then. Um, awesome. We've been, like, super duper aggressive, um, like, talking to... Um, like, like constantly reaching out to wedding planners, talking to them about new services that we're providing. Um, like, you know, the fact that we're doing live streaming, uh, we're actually helping out like these wedding planner associations with their live streams. Like we're running the production side of it for them for free. And that has led to like a tremendous amount of referrals. Like it seems like half of our referrals now are from this group of wedding planners that we were not like associated with in 2019 at all, you know? Um, and we've also like offered a new service. It's like a, um, like sort of a less than version of what we normally would do for a wedding, uh, where you know one to be one camera operator. Um, they're just making like a music video cut, some vertical videos, but, like no long form edits, um, because we're only shooting it with so one camera. So that's a great idea. Who thought you know? of that? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah. So that was like you know part of part of like our conversation you and me is like you know constantly talking like having a good friend in this industry who you can like brainstorm with like you you know we've been able to come up with those ideas like that has been killer for us um, like we just launched it last week and we have wedding planners that are like booing and awing and like you know just like chomping at the bit to hire this new um, hire us for this new service that we're offering because you know it's an affordable option when we're looking for affordable options yep so you know it's the kind of thing where we can easily do 200 of these in a year 
I think it's one of the, what you're really saying is like looking for a, what do you have that you can sell? You know, what are yeah. the skills, the time, whatever it is, the team. And then what does the market want that they're willing? To, and I think it comes down to this. Most people are used to, this is how they're told. They're sold like, no, your value, you're making art. And it's like, well, you're actually, because we're selling art, it has zero value in a market that has no luxury, like extra money. Like yeah. the more the market becomes about getting essentials, the more our, what we have becomes less essential, basically. Right. And so you got to go, okay, well, where is that not true? Okay, well, the, the, the weddings are smaller, so I can do less time on them, so I can offer an elopement package. Um, people's budgets are smaller, but they'll also be willing to maybe accept less, so I can send one shooter. Live streaming, like where is the market telling you because you're listening and you have empathy where to sell and where to go. And yeah. just like with you, you said, Oh, I love this. I like the, the principles of George Organson. I believe in what she's doing and I see a need, right? They have video. That's not very good. I can do yeah. video. <laughs> and then you found your way into the room. That's what I find all the time is like at the end of the day, um, some of it's being a good listener and then a lot of it's being bold. Yeah. So, hey, Jordan, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know you're on the road, but any any, um, any last-second stuff you want to say to people before we go? You know, don't lose heart. I mean, this is an easy time to lose heart. You know, a buddy of mine just posted earlier today that he just lost at a full-on cancellation for, you know, what was going to be an $8,000 wedding. He's a boutique shooter kind of uh, situation where, uh, you know, I mean, that's just a massive hit. Uh, to them, you know, don't lose heart, press on, think about, uh, you know, who you can help. It's all about, it's all about thinking about, you know, whose problems can you solve? Mm -hmm. um, and when you think outside the box like that, then good things will come. Yep. There, where there's a problem, there's money. Yeah, absolutely. So, Hey Jordan, have a great day. Thank you, um, Jordan. And thanks for taking some of your time on the road and uh, good luck out there. Okay, so that was awesome. Jordan, I think one of the things that I really appreciate about Jordan the most is he's always just finding new ways to hustle yep. and pursuing things that he's really passionate about. Like this is something that um, I've always known that he's pretty libertarian. And when I saw that he was doing that, I was like, oh, of course he's doing that. Yeah, like, that's right I, up the, his alley. And I'm happy for him because he's like, I think the best things that you can get to do for work and art and whatever is the things that not only do they make money, but they represent your values. Yep. They represent what you believe in, you know, and they represent something. That's just when you're in like that sweet spot yep. of fulfillment and money. Yep. So good for Jordan. And I, the thing that we we're talking about there is um, not only is it um, financially I don't know, rewarding and personally rewarding, but it's going to build new pathways forward mm -hmm. that are outside of the wedding industry. Yep. And so that's what we're talking about. Diversity in your income. Um, it's basically all, all it really means is how can I get income that isn't directly related to what I'm currently doing? And it might be connected to the wedding industry, but in a different way. It might be totally outside of the wedding industry. It might be passive. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But that's what we're talking about today. And I think Jordan's done a great job. And I know that for many of you, um, this isn't a criticism. It's just, an, it's more of, think of it as an opportunity. You can do a lot better. Mm -hmm. If you could think about your business in a different way, you have an opportunity to do a lot better 
with diversity within your own business. Yep. And it's not really, again, it's not a criticism of, of where people are right now, because I think if you're working hard at a business and like making moves and you finally get established and then coronavirus hits, I mean, that's not your fault. You had to give everything you had to this business to get it off the ground. I mean, running a business by itself is hard. Once you get established, I think diversity should be that next step. Like we just had Mike McCowitz on the podcast and it's fix this next, you know, what is the next thing that you can fix? I think one of the next things for a lot of people that are established that are looking into the future is diversity. And it's only logical, right? Because this is the problem that's being presented to most of us right now is when the weddings go away, our income is gone. Mm -hmm. And and that doesn't make sense because we, we, it's not like our skills went away. It's Mm -hmm. not like people don't want video. It's not like people don't want photos or, event planning or whatever skill we have, Mm -hmm. like there's still opportunities. So, so let's talk about just a very simple three questions you can ask yourself in order to determine how to diversify your business really quick. And then we'll kind of, we have some thoughts a little later or maybe some specific ideas, but, but really quick, I think it's, everything starts with an assessment of yourself, right? And, And the first thing you have to determine is, is my income stream susceptible to volatile market conditions, right? How do you know that? Well, if something goes bad, right? Can one single thing going bad take away all your revenue? So for some of you, the answer is a very obvious yes right now because you're looking at how your business has been affected by coronavirus. But before coronavirus, like it's not just that. Like say a company moves in into your area and they offer a similar product to you at a much cheaper price, maybe they're better networking, who knows, they're new, I don't know. That's the same thing, right? If that person can just take all your work in two seasons, it's the same scenario. You're not diverse enough. It's not just that you didn't offer a good enough of a product or service, it's also like you aren't diverse enough. Mm -hmm. So diversity, assessing your, your income, I like to look at it and say like, I don't really wanna have more than like 60% of my income coming from one source mm-hmm. with my business. I, I want to have like a range of different things that our business is coming from. When we look at our business, I look at it like video packages, a la carte, photo packages, photo booth packages, um, and then retainers for, for um, Pixel Press Media, and then last second work for Pixel Press Media, and then just certain um, like uh, hosting and things like that. And I'm looking at all these income streams and we're trying to make sure that they're within certain tolerances, right? Mm-hmm. So I know for a fact, like this year, all our, all the carts are gonna be kind of down the tubes. Yep. And, and coronavirus, I think, has affected all of those streams in some Definitely. way, but some streams more than others, right? And that's, um, you know, I think with diversity, we're talking about, it's on a spectrum, right? There's no nothing that's bulletproof here. No. Like th- there's no way that you can be like, Oh, this industry will never fail. But if you can find things that are way different from one another, that you know may be affected by uh, economic uh, an economic crash. Uh, you know you'll be able to survive better with this thing. But maybe when the economy is booming, it's not growing as much. But it's your kind of fallback. I think those are things that you should decide. You know maybe I should go into this field. Um, uh, whether it's in the wedding industry or outside of the wedding industry, just to, you know, it, it's, it's a backup. One of know? the mistakes I think people make with diversity and I get why people give this advice is they'll be like, Oh, do the thing that's going to grow the most. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you look at like weddings and you're like, oh, 
I'll make so much more profit and I'll have so much more free time if I only did these $10,000 weddings. You know, and you, of course the market for them is much less, all this stuff. So it feels very satisfying to just get rid of all the crap you don't want to do mm-hmm. and have a business that's only focused on what makes you happy. And only I don't personally think that's a good business. I think your business, if it doesn't have a bunch of crap you don't want to do in it, it's probably not very stable. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, then <laughs> there's money to be made in the things that people don't want to do because other people probably don't want to do that too. So Exactly. <laughs> so we often have talked about parts of our business and we've been like, oh, I don't want it. It's such a pain. Can we get rid of it? Mm-hmm. Because it takes a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it takes more work than I even want it to take. I mean, Pixel Press Media is that way sometimes because it's like we really want to grow the podcast. We really want to grow our wedding business. And it's like when you have to go to certain meetings that you're like, ah, my staff should be able to handle this, but they can't because they're not me. Um, They're not the boss. Then it's frustrating because you're like, I want to do these other things. Well, and it's hard to to get more than like, like if I have a client that pays me 14 grand a month. Yep. I'm not going to get more out of them. Sure. So that it's not going to grow. So I know I can't grow that side of the business, but like when you look at it and if that's the only way you look at diversity, like where is the opportunity to grow? That's the thing I'm going to keep doing. And you don't go, okay, that's great. I'm going to grow this side of the business, but this side is so steady. Mm-hmm. It's stable. It's steady. It's not going anywhere. It's a Warren Buffett side of the you, business. It's, they call it, it's bread and butter. Yep. This is your bread and butter. And I think everybody needs some bread and butter mm-hmm. yep. in their business. If everything is all that steak and that sizzle and nothing is just basic, boring, normal stuff that you do. Like, so I know photographers that do tons of family and they do tons of seniors and they also do these glamorous weddings. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, since these weddings aren't going on, I'm focusing more on this part. Yeah. Yeah. Probably before this, they were like, oh, I wish I could get out of families. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's, it's an, the thing that's saving them. That's a great example. It's the thing that's saving yeah. them. So I think that's what we're talking about today mm-hmm. is it, just like what, how this will allow you to pivot. And a lot of these things are going to be the things that you consider to be super boring or lame, but it's like, how can I make the most of my skills? So let's talk about those three questions you need to ask yourself. Jared. Yeah. So we uh, had a conversation. We whittled them down to these three uh, the first one is, what does the market want? Mm-hmm. What does it desire? Uh, second one is, what skills do I have? Uh, Especially skills that you aren't selling currently, yep. or you could sell more of. Yep. And then also, who do I know? Yep. As well. It's basically, where's the opportunity within my market? Where's the opportunity within my skills and myself? And where's the opportunity in my relationships? It's all about, like, first you look at your business and say, am I diverse? You know, can I be my diverse, more diverse and and where are those opportunities within my business in terms of time and and all this. And then you're asking yourself, okay, well, what does the market want and what can I do and who do I know that I can do it for? Yep. And, and I think those are the three big questions you have to ask yourself is what is that market like asking for? Like in coronavirus with video, we have streaming services. A lot of people are doing a lot of that. Jared does not like it. I don't love it either, but it is a market opportunity. Yep. Um, that's really what Jordan did. He asked that same question. Yep. Um, but a lot of people are really going to be looking at this and going like, where is my opportunity in the market? And yep. so let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. What the, what does the market want? Yeah. Where does yeah. the market, like, what does that look like to evaluate? Like, I mean, where is someone's market even? 
Um, yeah, so I, some things that I've noticed right now, currently in the uh, in the market for both photo and videos, obviously those micro weddings. Um, that's something that we've actually designed a separate package for ourselves um, and have gotten into um, selling and hopefully that takes off because honestly, that's probably something that's gonna be here for the next two years. These little micro weddings, I have people that are like, hey, uh, next year, we're not going to do a big wedding because it's not worth risking. We want to plan something. That so that we means, know. by the way, that the market no longer wants your previous thing. And I think a lot of you are going to have to come to grips with that. Mm -hmm. People, I think are, a lot of brides and grooms are having to come to grips with that right now. Definitely, and, definitely. And, and we're just kind of following along. So if you can't do a 200-person wedding, you know, for 10 hours, the wedding's only six hours or five hours or four hours, what package can you readjust yourselves to? Um, to still be very profitable, but maybe it's a lesser product. Like, yeah. I, I think that's something that everyone should be doing is designing a micro wedding package. So when you ask that question, what does the market want? It's going to cause you to look at diversity in a different way. You're going to look at diversity of your product offerings, right? Which is going to be, am I offering a, a range of products to meet market expectations, right? For video, it might be live streaming. For photo video, it might be micro weddings, elopements for planners. I, I know some planners that are trying to figure out a way to do, and I, man, I feel for planners and florists and planners. I think it's hitting probably the hardest. Cause we can still do photo well, video catering probably the most uh, catering's pretty Cause they're too. selling per plate. Yep. But at the end of the day, like, do you want to make any money or do you want to make no money? Mm -hmm. You know? And it, I think that's the question we're having to deal with is like, and so like the market's demanding certain things. Can I meet the market demand? Can I meet the market? And, and hopefully if you're offering less, you can just do more of it. Mm -hmm. That would be ideal. If you could get into a place where it's like, oh, now I can do two weddings or three weddings when I used to only be able to do one. Mm -hmm. So when a market's offering, the other thing to look at with the market demand is, are they currently offering something that I don't sell at all? Yep. Like we didn't sell streaming before this because not because I can't do it. I actually know how to do streaming a lot. It's something I could probably do a tutorial on because I work at a church as well. And I'm, I work in a lot of those um, more broadcasty environments. Mm -hmm. um, but for weddings, I'm like, no, I don't want to deal with this crap. Mm -hmm. But the market's demanding it. And some of you guys might find a little niche. You yep. might find a way to do this. And, and I, I think another way to look at it, too, is not only what the market is demanding now, but what is the market going to demand a year or two from now? Mm -hmm. um, I think right now. Drone only weddings. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I can think about right now is all the businesses that are going to be going out of business in the next year or mm -hmm. so because they just don't have enough work. Um, and so I think uh, like a photo booth, for instance, like we're trying to bulk up our photo booth and rearrange things so that when the market comes back, we're a real contender. And we're, we're we've kind of taken it, you know, a little bit more laissez faire. Of, a, of an approach in the last two years with our photo booth. It's like, hey, if one of our couples wants it, here it is, it's cheap, it's a good option for you. Uh, but now suiting ourselves up for competition to be a real competitor against other photo booth companies so that when the market comes back, because there's gonna be a thinning out of all these photo booth companies. That yeah, are like, hey. I mean, that's the big thing with this market diversity thing is like, for a lot of you, it's not about becoming a market leader yet in the new thing you're looking at doing. It's just about getting your foot in the door because people that are still standing, by the way, if your business is diverse, you're much more likely to still be standing. Mm -hmm. If you're still standing at the end of coronavirus, there's going to be 
a lot of market opportunity, a lot of pent up demand and a lot less people to compete with. Yep. And yep. so that that's the beauty of it. And it's sad because people are losing their livelihoods, but it's good for you potentially. So like you're not I mean, responsible for everybody else. You're responsible for your own house. The, the good parts and bad parts of capitalism is competition. Um, so I know it's community. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, we're hopeful that the listeners of wedding pros are, are, you know, coming out on top and, and being aggressive. Um, Can we just pause really quick and say nothing has proven more of the garbage of that crappy statement community over competition than coronavirus. Well, I, the other thing that I can, I just hope that people will just throw out the window of their vocabulary is like, all my clients are my friends. Like that's the other thing that I'm like, oh no. If anything is proven that your you know clients are not your friends, it's been coronavirus because they'll just be like, oh yeah, we love you, but like, can we give have four grand back? Give me all my money back, and I know that all that work. I'm gonna sue you if you don't. And like, okay, yeah, that's your friend. <laughs> Do that too. No, like, yeah, if you were to say like, well, that's how much my mortgage is. Yeah, and they'd be like, I don't care. Yeah, I oh. don't even care if you lose your house. Like this. <laughs> None of these people care. Like, like it's not to, like that's a, it's a separate conversation. I don't want to no. be cynical, but like I just look at it and go, like you have to have a good business. You have to set it yes. up to be successful. You can't just be like thinking that like other people are going to do it for you. Yeah. yeah, you have to fight for your own business. And, and maybe there was a time for us where we're like, you know, we have this cool thing. We make a little bit of money on the side, whatever. And if you're part time, you're, you're probably more in that camp of like whatever, I'll just work more hours at my normal job, like they're offering, whatever. If this is your full-time gig, I mean, you have to draw the line, uh, you know, on, on things like that. But, yeah. But anyways. So I, diversifying your business starts with determining what the market wants. Yep. And a lot of you, if you open up your eyes, you'll start to see, I've seen people doing um, front porch sessions. I saw somebody doing um, out open air um, studios that they built with like paper and stuff from, from a garage, they open up the garage and then there's a studio and they're doing family sessions right in the front in a, in an open air studio. Um, I've heard some, I've seen planners and caterers changing their offerings to fit within the context of a micro wedding. And then I've just seen some people like do what, um, do what Jordan did where he just said, well, I'm seeing this opportunity to do this video for something that's totally different than what I'm doing currently. Mm -hmm. But like looking, and this just takes hustle, right? You can't just be sitting there. Yep. Like you have to be like, how can we, how can people hustle more to find what the market wants? What would you say for you? That's been kind of a, how can they hustle more? Just Nike, man, just do it. Uh, find the things that you're passionate about. Again, I, I think that's, that's it. Um, I think th th it kind of bleeds into the second question, which is what skills do I have? Um, but like reflecting on what you actually are, what you can actually service, what you actually know, um, I think is, is a way that you can start your search for your hustle. Right. Um, you know, what are you good at? Is it only camera stuff? Is it editing? Do people need help with editing right now? I don't feel like they do. Um, but I think the part of this, um, question that I've kind of been reviewing personally is, um, the coinciding question, which is what skills don't I have? What books can I be reading, um, right now that is going to help me over the next year or two years when things do pick back up and I can, you know, 
help my current business, but then also um, what are some other things that I can learn about to diversify my business? And for me, it's been even outside of the wedding industry with this question, um, you know, real estate, investing, reading books about freaking money is a big deal to me. Understanding um, money, understanding uh, where, the, like, just, I think for some of you guys, this whole market question is you're very uneducated on the market in general. And what is the market? Some of that is understanding money, right? Mm-hmm. And you're going to need to use this time to educate yourself. And that's a really good use of your time. You're maybe not making money right away and you still need to make that money, but you also need to spend some time learning about where, where the market opportunities are and educating yep. yourself on money and uh, how, how does business even work? Yep. Yeah. So I, I, I think that's a big deal. And if you, you know, obviously if you're skilled in photo video, that's the place to start because that's just low hanging fruit. It's like, I'm already good at this. You know, if I'm a videographer, could I also do some photography for families and make 250 bucks for a portrait session and give people photos and, and make a little bit of side money um, so that I can just feed my family? I think that's an easy, low-hanging fruit. Maybe it's um, an adjacent type of uh, service that you can yeah, offer. Yeah, I mean, ideally, finding something that's within your skill set yep. that you're just not currently maximizing. In that the mar- If you can find something that the market wants that you can do that you're that's easy for you to do that is within similar like that you're already used to doing that's mm-hmm. the best possible thing yep. that's like low hanging fruit that's most of you your business being diverse literally just means finding more ways to sell what you're already doing mm-hmm. yep and and i mean this is uh, relating back to jordan's conversation his skills what are his skills like he's obviously great at photo video but the thing that kind of merged him into this current role that he's serving and is, um, you know, he's passionate about libertarian politics. And I know that about him. So he was able to merge those two things that he has knowledge about to create this great opportunity for him on the road and, and doing these things. So um, what skills do I have? Also, what skills do I not have that I want to acquire? Um, again, I think just if someone can pick up a money book, I would say a good money book right now, um, cash flow quadrant if you're interested in learning about you know the difference between making money and then also uh just acquiring money by having money um that's a great book to start it's part of the rich dad poor dad i always tell people to read it and they never do uh but that's a fantastic book about investing and learning how to be smarter with money um and it's been a a big deal for me so um i've actually been rereading it and um i think it's amazing so so um, looking at your market and looking at what the market's asking for and the market being every possible customer, not just wedding customers, like just local businesses, Facebook groups. I don't know. Just what are people even just guessing saying people will probably need this. Can I make it? Can mm-hmm. I do it? Um, is the first thing that I would look at and say you should be doing because it's pretty easy to do it's easy to look um and it will show you a lot about what you can be doing the last question that you have to ask yourself is who do i know i think in many ways this is if you know good people then this is going to be the most like the easiest way to diversify your business if you don't have the relationships built up when diversity needs to happen this is going to be the hardest thing because relationships take time. You can't just like suddenly start knowing people who will give you opportunities. Mm-hmm. Like I like that story that Jordan said because um, he went 
and banged on the door for like four months to get that opportunity that he had. Right. And that's to start a new relationship with someone just cold Turkey out of nowhere. It takes like being a bulldog. Most of us though, like you, I had somebody ask me, can I just go call these planners? They're asking about like getting more weddings and, and they're asking me if they could just cold call planners. I'm like, do not cold call planners. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. Like it's not, they're going to never want to deal with you if you cold call them. That was a person asking you for advice. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And I was like, don't call call planners. Like, yep. like may, you might be able to cold call venues and go like, say, Hey, can I come by and visit? Cause they're like physical locations and just different business models. But like, you can't just start a relationship with someone because you want their money. Yeah. I you think can't it, just be like, Hey, Hey, you're a planner and I want your money. Can we be friends? Like you have to start a, a, a real relationship, but some of you already yeah. have them. I think, I think, Yes and no on that, because if you cold call a planner and you're like, hey, I, you know, I have plenty of time and I've watched your work for years now and I would love to offer my services and be able to do a video for you. Would you be interested in that? I want to do it for free. That's a good use of somebody's time right now in developing kind of new relationships. Well, I'd say that's an email, though. That's not a phone call. Sure. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. It's like cold call. I, I kind of lump all that into maybe not a phone call, but a cold email. I guess. Yeah. You can definitely offer value out of the blue. Yeah. Like, and that's what I would say, but like that takes work and time just mm-hmm. like with, with, um, Jordan. Yeah. It yeah. takes work and time. And so for some of you, that's going to be what you have to do. You have to build those relationships. You have yep. to acknowledge that you haven't done a good job with it and you have to find a way to do it. My guess is, most of you who are wedding professionals already have some relationships mm-hmm. and you haven't built up the relationships maybe to the point that they need to be, that they're creating these revenue streams, but these aren't just planners. These aren't just venues. These are businesses you go into and patronize every day. The coffee shop that you love that might need a video or some photos that you can say, let me do some for free. And if it works out great, you know, Oh, let me help you with your Instagram. Cause I'm really good at photography. Mm-hmm. And I can help you with my Instagram and I built 8,000 followers on my Instagram account and I can help you with yours. Like just these are relationships that can turn into opportunities, not only because you have a skill set that they could use, but because you're their friend, you like them, you want them to succeed. Like those are the most natural ways. I think you diversify your business for us that our main client that you work there in high school. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, these are this 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 client we got because of our relationships with them, not because we're so amazing at marketing. We I think we've done a great job for them, but a lot of people, when you look at diversifying your business, it's better to be. They always hear it's better to be lucky than good. I would say it's better to have be connected than good. It's better to have relationships than to be good, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to diversity. Jordan mentioned it. Um, you know, they they started a new product. We did the same. Um, you know, kind of low, not lower end, but lower priced product. Um, and, and immediately what we did when we started was a hundred planners sent email that we've worked with in the past. Hey, we're offering this and we had a lot of good feedback and, and, you know, we, we have to continue to let people know, Hey, this is what we're doing. This is interesting, you know? Um, but that, that's, you know, the immediate low hanging fruit of these are the people we know here's something that we're offering if your clients are interested and essentially solving a problem. So what, what going back to, you know, what does the market demand? What does the market want? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think all three of these questions really work together, um, and, and kind of like deciding what things that you can, um, 
use to diversify. Well, I think that's most people yeah. are. Where most people are is they're like, I'm stuck. What do I even do? Yeah. I'm just yeah. a wedding photographer. What do I even do? Yep. And they're not really aware that they actually have a lot of potential. If you're a planner, if you're, if you're, if you have a skill, there's more than one way to use that skill. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're talking about here is like our, like I have a skill of just being a, doing project management and doing systems. That's why stop, go love is grown in terms of like the ability to do all the amount of edits that we do. And like, just having good systems within our staff. That's what I'm good at. You're good at other things within the business. And so we looked at the things that I was good at and the things that you are good at. And we said, well, how do we use these to scale? Mm -hmm. How do I make the most of my skills? That's what we're talking about with diversifying your, your stream of income is actually going to be very rewarding for you because it's going to make the most of your skills. And you're going to, of course, and the last thing we we're going to talk about here is you're going to learn, you need to learn some new skills. You can learn some new skills. So why don't we talk a little bit before we close? Because if you can answer all three of those questions, I think you're going to find some just naturally. And I encourage you just write down a list that answers these three questions of what does the market want? What am I good at? And who do I know? And I'm sure you're going to start to see a little Venn diagram of where there's convergence and some interlapping opportunities where the market, your skills, and your relationships are going to come, go for it, mm -hmm. target it, hit it. But at the same time, there's this other thing that's out there, which is the new thing that you can diversify in that maybe doesn't fit into any of those three questions. And you've been talking a lot about that for us and for yourself, new, 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 trying to, what can we do that's just different than anything we've ever done? And I think a lot of you guys, this is my, maybe where you'll find yourself, where you're like, what do I need to do new? Yeah, I, I mean, probably the last two years, I probably read too many books um, on just business and, and from smarter people than, than myself with finances, um, is, is you learn about how to make money work for yourself uh, through investing, through real estate. And, and a lot of it is just really securing your money and having it just grow. Um, and I, I think if people were able to read books on, you know, um, real estate, and one of the reasons why I like real estate is because you can invest and your money just grows over time. It's pretty hard to lose unless you just make a really bad choice. Like yeah, the, the economy could crash, but over the long haul, over the course of 30 years, more than likely the value of property is going to go up. Um, if it's essentially just betting on the American economy most of the times, um, which I think is a lot of times a, a good fit um, and, and, and a good choice. So uh, real estate, I mean, I think Airbnb is an interesting, you know, thing. If I had a, enough kind of money put aside right now, that's something I might be interested in, you know, getting into. I know a lot of people that have made plenty of money, you know, buying a place in New Hampshire or Maine and, you know, they, uh, they're able to rent it out. Obviously right now, probably a hard time to, you know, Airbnb may not be a great option, um, because people can't travel. Um, but that's probably going to pick up sooner than the weddings. will. I don't know, full, full scale. Well, and also um, it, it's not even about just coronavirus. Mm -hmm. It's just like, and, I, and that's what I would encourage you to do is like, forget coronavirus. Don't even think about coronavirus. Think about like just having a diverse stream of income. Mm -hmm. yep. Unsinkable ship is what I always say. Like you, there's no one place where somebody can punch a hole in your hull that sinks you. Yep. It's you, they have to do it. They have to like cut it all off. Yeah. And like you need parts of like for me, just my personal revenue as a in our home, my wife and I, my wife has a job. 
I have the job at my company that pays pretty well. I also have a job um, outside of the company that pays pretty well. And like, and we're still doing 120 weddings and I'm working two and a half jobs, you know, and like, that's just personal finances. Right. And and there's some skills that seem unrelated others that don't, but like, I think looking in terms of like, don't limit yourself based on the skills that you already have is really what we're saying. Mm -hmm. Looking for other opportunities since you have all this free time. Yep. And some of them could be just being smart with your money. And this is what I'll say to kind of end out is like, this is what I hope happens. Hey, I hope people just diversify their wedding business so that they're not just only doing weddings, even with the exact same, whether it be flowers, food, photography, planning, filmmaking, there's no reason why you should only be doing weddings with those skills. Mm -hmm. That's just, I don't think it's a good idea. I think you need more than those clients. You need, you need commercial clients and not just in a way that's like, Oh, whenever it comes to my way, I service it, but no. like actively pursuing and hustling. At a, it needs to be, in my opinion, at least 25% of your income mm -hmm. or more. If, I mean, if you can get to 50, 50 commercial, like that's great. Hopefully you have thought of some ways you can diversify your business. Hopefully you've just taken on a piece of paper and wrote down, you know, and made like a little Venn diagram, right. Of, 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 you know, what the market wants, what you're able to do and who, you know, and hopefully you've also been able to think of some new things, right. That, that you could be doing maybe things you've always wanted to do. Um, but diversifying your income, but like literally the probably, the thing that is driving me the most nuts right now, Jared, not to say that everyone who's buying these cameras, there's this new wave of cameras, right? It's coming out. And it's sad that it's coming out now, by the way, because they're going to be revolutionizing the industry. They're going to change. What, we'll talk about that another time. I believe they're going to change the products we have to offer. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't think it's a small thing that's happening in the industry. That being said, a lot of people are buying these cameras who I know for a fact don't have diverse streams of income. And I'm like, yes, what are you wasting Thank your you. money on? Your business is not a real business and you're about to drop $6,000 on. And this is not like the guy who like, like every time I see Adam Grumbo, like um, he has like 200 Pelican cases. And that dude is, he's working like crazy. Like, like if you're at that level in your industry, like, of course you need to do camera. Like, the mm -hmm. coronavirus might not even be affecting you in as much of a way because maybe national geographic is calling you mm -hmm. who knows but if you're like a person who's like went from 20 weddings to five why would you spend ten thousand dollars on a new rig I, yeah. I can't understand it the the whole camera thing it's great but it really drives me crazy because it, I, I just it's it's the sexy thing, right? It's the gas it, gear acquisition syndrome. It's, uh, but at the same time, you're like, okay, now coronavirus hits and you can't feed your family because you bought a new camera. You know, you, instead of investing it in your business, like investing it, investing in your business is not buying new gear ever. No, ever. This is one of the m wisest people I know. They're a real, they're a uh, really successful real estate person, and he goes like, don't buy anything that. Don't buy anything that decreases in value. Lease it. Yeah. Like, yeah. and that's not, we don't do that only. But, but like his point is like, it's not an investment to yeah. buy something that's going to depreciate. Yeah. So, and it's hard with it when you're a bunch of nerds and, and like we're nerds as well. Um, and you're like, oh, I love this stuff. We buy stuff all the time. And buy so, stuff all you know, the time. But like, I get it. 
But at the same time, it's like, if you aren't diverse and you are spending that money, I just don't understand how this is taking up a majority of the of the conversation, you know, online. So right what now. would be better in on forums talking about overheating or buying gold? <laughs> I love buying gold. Gold just passed two thousand dollars. <laughs> so if <laughs> everyone if everyone who bought a camera instead bought gold, would that be better for their business? I think it would be way better for their business. So <laughs> it wouldn't were, be as nerdy. You'd be way more Scrooge McDuck lame. But like, I, I think you would make more money off of it. You're not going to make more money. I'm sorry. Like, when I was a kid, my stepdad would always be like, "Well, if you're going to buy that, you better make money off of it." And so it's kind of always been ingrained in me of like, okay, I have a 5D Mark IV. I make a, a lot more money than a majority of people who just bought the newest. You know. Fuji, Sony, whatever, off of that Mark IV. And it's not because of the camera that we get work. It's because of a litany of other things. Um, and so, yeah, whenever we buy new gear, I think it really, that's the question that we have to ask ourselves. Is, is this going to provide new opportunity? We just bought a bunch of Blackmagic stuff last year because it's going to open up an extra $100,000 a year worth of revenue, right? Um, so is the gear that you're buying really making your business more diverse but right it doesn't it doesn't mean you're always going to know either you might make a mistake i'm not saying like oh you bought a new camera because you thought it was going to allow you to get into a certain market and you were wrong and so you're a stupid idiot i'm just saying like hopefully you'll be more thoughtful mm -hmm. than just like you know i was talking to john bunn the other day he's like i'm gonna buy this camera he was a little defensive by the way so it was funny but <laughs> he bought he bought the new sony's and you know he's like well i've been planning this transition for a long time and i want i want this many months under my belt with it for next year and like you know he had his reserves and all you know like there are people who did are did he gonna, go into his vault that he made off of all yeah that, his gold uh, vault after selling yeah. <laughs> after <laughs> he, selling his curriculums uh he went in got some gold bricks and uh he went and bought his his new canon or yeah. his new uh sony with gold <laughs> <laughs> but um but like, there are people who are gonna buy these cameras who it's a very good business decision. I'm not ripping on anyone buying no. the cameras. But the, on one hand, when I'm seeing the same person talking about buying a camera and the, that same person talking about struggling with bookings. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what are you doing? And yeah. like, and when I look at it, and when you look at it, when Alex Douglas looks at it, and when people in our industry who are very experienced and we're like, I'm not buying those things till this industry bounces back. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, there seems to be like a prevailing wisdom here. That's like one of the things that keeps you from diversifying your business is all the stupid crap you buy instead mm -hmm. of diversifying your business, instead of hiring a virtual assistant. Yeah, $5,000 probably will pay for a virtual assistant for a whole year. Yeah. And you're going to buy a camera. I, I'm glad that you brought up this last minute rant. Um, I, I really think it really comes down to gear makes us feel good about ourselves and um, gives us validation, right? In a lot of ways. When I buy a new piece of gear, I'm like, I made it. I bought a new camera, you know? And now, now we I can, can finally can make the to, thing. Yeah, I can, now I can talk to all my wedding videography buddies about the new camera I got because I'm so successful. You know, I mean, that's what it is a lot of times, right? It's validation of like, I am a professional, so I get to buy new gear, um, as opposed to taking it from a very kind of conservative standpoint and being like, well, I have a camera 
and I can make probably just as much money with the current camera that I have as opposed to a new camera, you know, and, and I'm going to save up for that new camera. I just feel like new gears when it's a thousand dollars less or whatever, you know, new gear should be the thing that you do when your business is good and stable. It's really good that we're not sponsored by a camera company right now. Right I'll now, just say that. <laughs> down the line. Down the line. And by the way. Down the line, you should definitely buy full it. Full disclosure, I bought a new gimbal last week. We, in the last, we bought two Canon, or two Fuji X-T4s. Like, we buy stuff all the time. I'm not saying don't buy things. I'm just saying that's not diversifying your business. And we have a diverse business. I just kind of vetted that so I can do kind of whatever I want. So don't yeah. tell me what to do. Um, but, <laughs> but I would say if you don't have a diverse business, it's probably because whenever you have the opportunity to invest in your business in a way that would diversify it, which would be buying something that isn't, that will allow you to either get into a new market or hiring someone to multiply your time and expand it or just buying gold. I don't know. Just doing something that would diversify your income. And instead you just buy a new camera. Mm -hmm. And I would say that don't do that. Now that you have this opportunity to recalibrate your priorities as a business, change that, set it up so that like you're investing in yourself first, mm -hmm. then go buy the cameras. If at the end of the year, after you've invested in your business, my mom has always told me if you're saving and you're tithing, to your church, then you can do whatever the heck you want with your money. And I would say if you're saving and you're investing in your own business in things that will help you and stabilize you, and then you have like profits and you're doing all this stuff and you have 10 grand sitting around at the end of the year and you want to buy a brand new cinema camera for your business or whatever it is, go ahead and do it. Who cares? Like we spend money like drunken sailors sometimes, or it seems like it, but we're not. What we're doing is we're spending the money based on the fact that I'm like, we can afford it. We budgeted for it. And we're, we're not getting paid a dime less in the middle of coronavirus. Nope. And I think it's because we have a diverse business. And yep. so like, that's your priority right yep. now. Your priority is not new cameras. Your priority is fixing your static single source of income so that it's not that anymore. And whatever you need to invest, whether it be paying for more marketing, like some of you are like, oh, the not stupid. You're probably better off spending five grand on the knot than on a new Canon R5. Yep, probably, maybe. And it's like most likely in your and you're most likely. And it's like that's what we're really talking about is like you need diverse lead sources. Like we could go way crazy down this rabbit hole of diversity because we do it in every part of our business from our lead sources. Jared, you cannot take your hands off that thing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Jason, this has been just a great conversation uh, about diversity. Thank you so much for your time. Good, oh, great. Good, good talk, man. I mean, it's the diversity's all the rage in today's culture. This is this is actually why you want to buy new gear is because this is why we have to buy new gear. Breaks in the middle of your podcast. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so thank you guys for checking out the Wedding Pros podcast. Hopefully you guys have had a really great coronavirus season, um, but on a serious level, um, do diversify your business and also subscribe. Diversi diversify your YouTube subscriptions by yes. subscribing to the Wedding Pros podcast. Yes. So we can eventually afford new blue microphone. Uh, How about new ones stands? this week? <laughs>
<laughs> so I bought new ones. I, I'm trying really cheap ones, $25 ones. Oh, great. 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 Coronavirus ones. Yes, Perfect. yes, yes. Um, yes, but diversify your streams of knowledge by um, subscribing to the Wedding Pros Podcast and following us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever platform to use. Give us a review. Give us a comment and let people know, hey, I love this podcast. I found it and it really helped me with my business. Um, and also check us out on our Facebook group. We've been having some cool conversations lately. Have an awesome day. Bye.